Hi, my name is Fred Cook. Hi, this is Ruro Donoghue. Hey, this is Dave Moore. Hi, this is Aaron Brown. Hi, this is Charlie Wynn. Hi, this is Ethan Lee. Danny O'Reilly, frontman of the Corrodas. Hi, this is Derek O'Boyle. Hi, we're Relish. Hey, this is Mal from the Riptoid Movement. Irish poet, Colm Keegan. Hi, this is David Nolan from Hume Performs Advancement. And you are listening to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to episode 41 of the Dan Kill Wellness Project podcast. And I gotta tell you guys, this is the first time that I have received a message from a guest prior to coming on air where she was feeding her calf called Little Red a bottle of what looks like milk. And I actually got a video to go along with that as well. So, Kim Dershire, you are a farmer. I am a farmer, yes. Hi, Dan. How are you? Good, thanks. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, thanks so many for coming on. I've been we've yeah. been trying to do this for a long time, and I think the last time we had a scheduled, you were out in a tractor. Bailing. I was. I was. It was, it was a I was hay. in a. I was in a disc by No, I was cutting hay. Cutting hay. So, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll get that's used two, to the lingo. Two steps. That's two steps before bailing. There's cutting, then raking, then bailing. Ah, okay. Well, as you know, I'm lucky enough to have people to have spoken uh, to people from all over the world um, on the podcast. And I've never, um, well, firstly, I've never had that type of message prior to coming on, but also I've never heard of a place called New Sarepta. Nobody ever has Is that an heard actual of New place? <laughs> it's a real place. It's a real place. It's, only, it's a real place. There's only about 400 people in it, but it has a school and yeah. yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like it's where I'm from, so okay. we don't live. I got I was raised like two miles down the road, so I really didn't leave. I didn't go very far. <laughs> uh, for people who aren't from Canada, whereabouts is it in Canada? So New Sarepta is in Alberta. We're just outside of Edmonton's the capital of Alberta, and we're okay. just outside of Edmonton, about forty minutes. We're out in the sticks, so we have a farm out here. So like 400 people, that's a tiny town in Ireland. It's it really, really small. for Canada. It's really small. There's kind of like, I guess there's small towns like that all over, but it's it's small. There's a post office and a, a market and like a restaurant and a bar. Yeah. So the hockey arena is the biggest thing, though. Hockey's really big in our town. Oh, that's one of your, uh, your wellness uh, activities, is it? Oh, it's not mine. I'm six foot tall white chick. I don't skate. <laughs> <laughs> but do you enjoy to watch it though? Um, yeah, like watching the kids play is good. It's kind of a thing around here. If you don't like hockey, you're just sort of banished. You're like, you can't be a Canadian if you don't like hockey. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, can you tell me how how does a farmer from um New Sarepta end up coming on to a guy from Salons' wellness podcast. How does that even happen? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Your podcast is just so great. Like, I know we have some mutual friends. We we are both in, like, a fitness group with, with um, Stephen Obar, mm -hmm. and he is uh, my coach. So, ah, okay. um, yeah, and I like listening to your podcast. They're so great. But I have, I mean, I've, you've, I've watched your sort of mental health journey, and I kind of have had my own mental health journey, too. So I think we kind of just have similar um 
similar experiences. So you said you, you'd like to come on and say a bit about your own journey and things that have led you up to this point in, in your world. Yeah, sure. Why not? I love talking. Who doesn't want to listen to me talk? Everybody <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> well, listen, as you know, I could listen to you all day long. <laughs> Woo! I can probably talk all day long too. Everyone well, that knows me knows that's true. <laughs> well, that, that bodes well for this uh, episode of the Dankyo Wellness Project podcast. Then, well, yeah. anybody who has listened to more recent episodes of the podcast knows that Stephen Obar was actually the first guest on the podcast, and he was also he was. the thirty seventh guest. Yes, um, but he said a hat trick with you. He had one, and then there was yeah. one in the middle, and then 30, number thirty seven was his hat trick. So that's, that's right. So he's a great supporter of what I'm trying to do, and I'm a great supporter of him, and he is. A a fantastic trainer a fantastic expert around physical fitness and around um, nutrition as well I love his yeah. no bullshit approach is that something that attracted you to him totally I love that about him also and I love that everything that he does is so basic mm. like the fitness industry is it really should just be one or two kind of main principles but there's so many people that just get in there and they exploit everyone that just wants to lose weight and oh, he's yeah. not like that at all. It's just very basic, like, you know, simple, simple, broken down, easy to follow. Yeah. And just he's so chill about it, too. It's not like you you have this trainer from hell that you're afraid to tell you had a you had a beer. I don't drink beer, but if I had a <laughs> couple shots of tequila, I was like I wrote on my actually I wrote on my check in last week. Oh, I wrote a first Cinco de Mayo on my check in. I wrote right off. <laughs> No, I didn't meet anything and I didn't check it and yeah. no, it I, didn't happen. I, I love it, that so, you felt that you were able to do that though. Yeah, I because he's just he's just like that and it's, it's like a long-term thing um, with him and I finally realized over the past decade of doing sort of weight, um, like my own personal weight struggle and yeah. health and fitness goals and stuff like that. Um, with him, I have finally realized that it's not about like it's the long game. It's not yeah. the end game. And yeah. so it's every day. It's like, it's okay. It's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Cause I obviously like, I'm sure it might seem like I have my shit together most of the time, but I don't, I feel like a lot of the time I'm running out of a burning building backwards, yeah. naked, blindfolded. <laughs> and I'm, I don't have anything to get like it. You know, yeah. you could have this really polished Instagram profile and Facebook profile and everyone looks at your life and they're like, whoa, that's amazing. It's like, no, that's not the way that it actually is. And me and so, Stephen did speak about that, didn't we, on episode 37? Yes, and we spoke about did. the deliberate misinformation and misrepresentation of what a wellness mm -hmm. of fitness and nutrition journey should be for a person. Um, yeah. And I think Stephen is, is one of those who are leading the charge against that type of misinformation because all it does is spread low self-esteem, low confidence. It creates a deficit for people. Yeah. Okay. And, and if, I'm, I'm one of those people, by the way. <laughs> hey, I'm one of those people too, but it's like you can't, I mean, you can't look at all of those, um, insta like the, not his Instagram profile, but the ones that we're talking about where, you know, that are. I don't know what kind of motives they have for being on there. Obviously, it's just money, but yes. you can't look at those Instagram profiles and compare yourself to them because comparison is the thief of joy. Okay. And it like the the earlier that I learned that to quit comparing myself to all of these other 
um, profiles, people, any, anybody that I meet, I tell my daughters all the time, I have two daughters and they're nine and seven. And it's really, really, really important for me to try and give them a positive self image. And Mm. I tell them all the time, there is no one else in the world like you. You are the only you, you will not and cannot compare yourself to anybody else. Mm. You can't do it because it'll just bring you down. And it only took, took you 30 years to learn it. So you're trying to help them, uh, you know, get it at an early age. And still learning. I'm still learning it too, right? Like, I think we're, I think we're about the same age. I'm, I'll be 34 in July. Yeah, I'm, 30, and, I'm 37 in July. Yeah. And I feel like we, it, I'm still learning. There's still things I'm learning. I'm going to be 35 years old. I'm like, holy shit, if I'd have known this when I was 18, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I've said that to myself. Yeah, but also don't forget, there probably were people who said it to you. It was maybe that you weren't ready to hear it. Oh, for sure. Like, I bet you my parents said stuff like that to me all the time. Yeah. And I just didn't, I just wasn't listening. I totally wasn't listening to them. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting point you make about, you know, comparison being the thief of joy because... One of my earliest posts on my what what was known as a weight loss journey is now a wellness journey because it's so much more than body composition. From my yeah. my main focus, my main focus is working my body now to help my mind develop and to help me feel a bit happier. But um, one of the earliest posts I put was, "Don't compare yourself to other people, whether it's to build yourself up or drag yourself down." You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with that, that that's something that is is really important because you can't, like I said, comparison is the thief of joy. And if you start comparing yourself to other people, you're just you're just going to set yourself up for failure in the end. I think a lot of people struggle with this and they don't actually realize that that's what they're struggling with as well. Because the thing about comparison being the thief of joy is a lot of people, including myself and yourself, will go through periods where we are doing that, but we're not aware that we're doing it. So how yes. can we get better at becoming aware at an earlier stage so that we remove that from our life as much as possible? What do you think? I don't know about how. Uh, I do know that if you if you are going to be comparing yourself to somebody else, it's kind of like you need to you need to stop. And I know that I've caught myself doing this a lot too, is that if you are comparing yourself to somebody else, you you almost want to place your feelings or your information on that other person but you can't because it's like you you need to just stop and take a look in the mirror and like this isn't their problem it's my problem yeah. and i need to take responsibility for this and if i am taking responsibility for this then it's something that i can easily fix then at that point right it's not yeah. anything any external factor that you come across that you might think like you know, someone says something to you in a parking lot or someone, someone um, steps in front of you on a machine at the gym and you instantly get pissed off. Yeah. It has nothing to do with them. That has everything to do with you and how yeah. you've reacted to the situation. Yeah. So I feel like you comparing yourself is um, if you're in a situation like that, then you have to just stop and, and reflect that back on you and, and figure out how you can fix that problem because you're the only one that can that can influence anything in your own life, right? Like that yeah. other person that you don't even know, they have, they, they're, you're not going to go up to them and ask for an answer because they're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right? It's really important message that you're putting out here now. And I think it's about take like you, so you said it, you said you got to take responsibility for how you react 
in yeah. all situations and that can be a very difficult thing for somebody to hear if they're not used to doing that it took me mm -hmm. ages to take responsibility for everything i did that i was happy about but also everything i did that i was not happy oh, about that i felt shit, very I guilty have done about. That. yes but when, but I, it, when my therapist responsibility exactly but that's what i was just going to say when my still therapist learning. said that i have to take responsibility for all of it there mm -hmm. was so much i felt so much freedom mm -hmm. it's like it's like telling the truth like have you ever mm. have you ever felt like when you're even just the tiniest little white lie where you're like if you have a friend that's like hey let's go for beers and then you're like oh, fuck i really don't want to go out either because you don't feel good or you don't like that person or whatever and you just make up this little white lie like oh I can't because my kid is sick hmm. you know then it just that will just compound itself down the road they'll be like oh how's your kid and you're like my kid wasn't sick totally <laughs> fucked yourself there should have just been like you know oh, I'm just really not feeling like going out today is that okay and I'm sure they'd be okay with it too. Yeah. And the feeling that you get from just not having to carry that burden of that tiny little lie mm. is the same as um, taking responsibility for your own for your own shit. Yes, the psychological term is actually cognitive dissonance. Yes. So when you're, you have you heard of that before? Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing something. You're behaving in a way. You're saying something that is contrary to what you want to be doing, want to be saying, contrary to your values and how you want to be living your life. Yeah. Cognitive dissonance is a biatch. <laughs> it's so, but, and look but how also, long it's taken us to figure and be like, oh, you know, like I heard that term when I was in college, which was back in 2004. Okay. So that is, I don't know, I was 20. I think I was 20 years old then. Yeah. And all these years later, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, oh, now I know what it actually means because I actually am responsible yeah. enough to pay attention. Yeah, you weren't hearing that when you were 20. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's interesting. Like the whole idea of cognitive dissonance. I know it's it's nice to be able to put a fancy phrase on it, but I think that if you if if one certainly if I can reduce the amount of cognitive dissonance that I am experiencing, I am more balanced. I am more. I am happier. I am moving in the better direction than when I was when I was engaging in whatever insert activity here yeah. that I was that I was doing. You know. For sure. I feel like it's, for me, it's one of those things too, that's like, I've got so much going on in my life that if I can just be aware of everything that I have going on, I don't need to add anything extra. So yeah. if I'm going to be adding extra things to my own life, because I told this little lie, and now I have to carry mm. on with it, or because I'm not taking responsibility for some action mm. that I should be taking responsibility for, mm. um, it, it takes away from everything else that I have to do. Like there's, a, and I've got a lot of shit that I have to do in a day, like in our life in a day. Yeah. So well, it's important. That, that brings me nicely onto what I was going to ask you about next, because you are so busy. <laughs> so I'm, really... I'm going to talk to you a little bit now about how you balance your schedule in terms of your, we've just, we've spoke about your farming. We've spoke yeah. about the fact that you have two young um, daughters, nine and seven. Yeah. Is that correct? Nine. Yeah, nine um, and seven. You have to check in with Stephen Obar every week <laughs> because he's your trainer. Yeah. Um, we are going to talk about your business later on, your jewelry business, Farm Wife Style. We'll get to that in, in a little while. Um, so how the hell is all of that possible? I'm sitting here in salons with no kids, with a one-bedroom apartment, you know, trying to figure out how um, I'm going to squeeze in cooking my dinner tonight because i got to go... <laughs> 
do front of house at a show in my local theater but that's all i have to do i gotta go to work and i gotta train and i'm struggling so how the hell are you doing all of this do you know what i I remember being like where you are and thinking to myself like god i have no time to do anything and then you get married and have kids and like oh yeah I i didn't even drop that one i'm not even i'm single (laughs) and and like we we built our house we we built our house to save money we built our house ourselves as our own general contractors so we like all of those things you start adding all those things up and I just had this conversation with my sister-in-law the other day we were like what the hell were we doing (laughs) when we weren't married and didn't have kids and told people I don't have time for that like well you were were telling white lies and you were experiencing cognitive dissonance (laughs) holy we were just like entitled little punks I guess that were just like I don't have time for that in my schedule yeah now it's like I don't Honestly, to tell you the truth, I don't know how I do it. It's just, um, it's something that has to be done. So we farm, we have 150 head of cattle and 30 head of sheep, and we farm 2,000 acres of hay and grain land. Um, and when I say we, I mean my husband and I. Oh, okay. Um, we, we are both full-time farmers. And we do have some help from um, like my father-in-law and my uncle-in-law. They're both, um, they, they were both raised on a farm. And mm. so they, they help us out with, um, machine and my brother-in-law too, and machinery and stuff. And, um, my in-laws live really close. My parents live the other direction, very close. So they help us out with our kids and we're really lucky to have family to, to help like that too. Um, my you, daughter's, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Do you think getting to accomplish all of those tasks and all of those things that you have in your life takes a lot of planning? Do you think planning is important? Yeah, I think planning is super important. And I'm kind of a planner and my husband really isn't. Like he he just has a lot on his mind and he knows what he has to get done, but he doesn't usually like, it's not like he writes it down or vocalizes it or anything. So it's it'll just be a surprise. Like I'll be in the middle of getting groceries and he'll call me and what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just getting groceries. Like, you know, we got Mother Hubbard's cupboards over here. So <laughs> he's well, okay, I need you to come pick me up from here and drop me off here. And then I need you to take this piece of equipment here and there. And so then it's like, at that moment, my day just gets changed. And whatever else I had planned or whatever else I have to do, I just have to figure out when I can do it later. So So you're saying you just do it all. You just have to, you just like, it's something that we, it's something that's really important to us. We're really, really fortunate Mm. to live the life that we live. And, um, we, I don't want to, you know, we, we won't jeopardize that because we've worked so hard for what we have. Yeah. So it's, it's something that you just, yeah, you just have to kind of get it done. And uh, like, um, Obar, you know, for train, that's another reason that I love dealing with him because for training, I don't have to go to a gym and do 15 mm. reps, three, three, uh, three sets of 15 reps yeah. of these five exercises, two or three or four different days a week, because the closest gym to me is 25 or 30 minutes away. Okay. So I just tell him what I have at home. Like I say, I've got resistance bands. Um, I've got a bench press here and I've got like hand weights. And yeah. so then he just says like, okay, so like last night I just, I had 20 minutes last night. So I put, 60 pounds on my barbell and I did 70 squats. Perfect. And then when I was done that, I did some bicep curls. I did some Arnold press and then yeah. I went outside, fed the calf, came back in here, <laughs> got my kids to bed. Like, it's just, you're just like, Hey, I got 20 minutes. What am I going to do in this 20 minutes? So yeah. yeah, for my mental health too, like I know 
on days that I don't have a whole lot to do, if it's raining or it's kind of like a chill day where most people just sit in front of the TV and watch stuff, I do that like maybe once a year mm. because I get my head just, I just get in my own head about it. And ah, okay, like, because that brings me on to also something that I've been blogging a lot about lately, which is analysis paralysis. So it's something when, oh. like I dread when I don't have plans of an evening, okay? Or I oh. dread, I'm finding myself dreading if I have too much free time at a weekend now, because I work Monday to Friday, yeah. um, I, I really relate to what you're saying there about having too much time to think leaves it, me in a state of paralysis. <laughs> and then it's like, it, it honestly starts to affect my mental health too. It totally yeah. does because it's like, if I'm, if I'm sitting around and it's raining and you know, like I have to do something, I have to go get a book I, I usually have books around. I'll crochet, like I'll crochet dishcloths or something. Yeah. I'll go and work if I feel like it. Like sometimes I'll go work in my office and do um, business stuff. Like I have my own small business, so I work on that stuff too. But sometimes that's more work than I actually want to do. Mm. But if I'm not doing anything, my mind won't leave me alone. Yeah. Like it's like my mind just keeps going and going and going and going. Yeah. And I get... I can't get away from myself and mentally that is so hard. I, yeah. I totally understand where people take street drugs. I totally get it because yeah. they just want to numb themselves. Yeah. But that, uh, that is a fear of mine. I will not, add, I would never go down that road. I would never do it. No, you're it too, just, you're too busy farming with cattle. I can't do crack. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't have enough time for you crack. Can, you can have, don't the, have time you, for it. You can have the crack, but you don't do it. Thankfully. Because <laughs> you are, because you are a great crack. I gotta say, <laughs> ah, that's a fun Irish word. It is <laughs> that gets oh, misinterpreted God. all the time. A lot. Well, I didn't, I knew that it wasn't crack, like street drugs, because it's spelled <laughs> differently. Okay. I was like, those Irish guys are they just spelling? Are they just spelling? You know, nose dust wrong or? <laughs> Listen, I'm just waiting for some Irish entrepreneur to come out with it, like an Irish version of that hard drug with the same spelling to just mess it up for everybody. You know. Just now the whole world is like now I don't know what I'm taking I don't know if I'm having fun or I don't know if I'm taking <laughs> drugs so me and you spoke recently about an initiative that your friend um <clears throat> runs called we all believe in you yes her yes. name is Blake isn't it her name is Blake Lotes yes Blake so so it's could mental you tell health me, could you talk to me a little bit about that and how it links yeah. and, and then say also a little bit about your business that you have yeah for sure so it's um, Mental Health Awareness Week this week. I don't know if that's in Ireland too, but in Canada, May 7th to the 13th is Mental Health Week okay. here in Canada. Right. So um, I was part of an initiative with my friend. Her name's Blake Lotz. She's a professional photographer. Uh, out of Ed She's based out of Edmonton. She started an organization because she has struggled with mental health since she was a teenager. Okay. And it's called, her organization is called We All Believe in You. Isn't and that a beautiful name for a mental a, health organization? Because yeah. that is sometimes the only thing somebody needs to hear for them that's to get it. that extra 20%. That's right. And that's that was her whole premise behind it too, right? So it's just, it was just, it's beautiful. So it's it's kind of it started out as a photo journaling sort of initiative. Okay. So she took people that were in our community and surrounding areas and she did some photo journaling and everybody told their story and it went up in the art gallery of Alberta, which is in downtown Edmonton. Okay. And since then um, it has just grown and they're just moving into their first space where people can actually, they, they have a space now that's at Grant McEwen college. It's in Edmonton. 
pardon me, and they, where people can come in and like, if there's someone on campus or someone in the area, or you can be from anywhere, you don't have to yeah. be, you can just walk in and walk in there and say, look, like I'm having problems. Yeah. And there's just someone there to help you and listen and get you resources. So it's, it's so simple, so effective. Incredible. Yes. And mental health is, it's a big deal. I had postpartum depression with my first daughter okay. terribly. Wow. And it was, I, once I got postpartum, I felt like um, I had had depression previously in my life. I just didn't know that it was depression because nobody talked ah, about it. I was just going to ask you, was that your first time that you realized what depression was or did it make you realize that, oh shit, I've, I've, I've been here before, but I didn't, before. I didn't know what the hell it was. Yeah. It was like, that was like the catalyst that just kind of like sent me into, well, I was like, holy shit. Yep. That's what this is. And yep. Okay. It, people, people gotta, you gotta get medication for it. And my parents stepped in and, and helped me out and stuff like that. Like, because I had a brand new baby, like she was, I don't know, I think she was like two or three weeks old. And I was like, what is this? Like the sun would go down and I would start sobbing. Like I was terrified oh. for the sun to set. Wow. And, uh, and I'm never, I'm never like that. That's why it was weird because usually when the sun goes down, I'm really productive at night. I do a lot of stuff at nighttime and yeah. I don't mind the night at all, but the sun would set and I just, that was, that was like the, the smoking gun for me. And how, do, how, so, long, how long did that, that last? I still am struggling with mental health issues now, but the post, that postpartum lasted I think it was at least a year that I was on the medication there. And then I had to go back to work. So then that's another thing too, like that's situational. So then sure. you have to leave your brand new baby and go back to work. So then that, you know, then I was still on the meds then. Yeah. And, and then I, I mean, it's terrible because you're just on all these shit hormones all the time and, or your, <laughs> your own hormones are shit all the time. And then they're putting you on these antidepressants and you're like, yeah. whoa, like everything's yeah. just like this. Especially when you're like you're pregnant, then you have a baby, then you're nursing the baby, then you have to go away from the baby, and then we had another one, so then I was pregnant again. Mm. <laughs> you know, so it was like five years of just I finally have kind of figured it out and like with Obar's help too, diet and exercise is really, really important and yeah. but mental health is is really important to me and, and through my business, my business is called Farm Lifestyle. Okay. I, I design jewelry. Um I designed a pendant, like a necklace with Blake in mind. Okay. It's called the Blake pendant okay. and it is blue and green, which are the Canadian mental health association colors. Very nice. And yes, $5 from the sale of every necklace goes to back to, we all believe in you, her organization. Beautiful. So tell me this, right? You've mm. just, you've just been very honest with me about your struggles with uh, postpartum depression and I know that one of the reasons that me and you connected was around the the whole mental health journey and being open and honest about that. Like, yes. did you set up Farm Lifestyle prior to having your first child? And then did you have to manage all of that? Or did no. you ha have your first child go through this five years of what I can only imagine was pure difficulty and i don't want to say the word hell that's a bit extreme but you know that was so difficult and then set up the business like how do you be in that <laughs> position and then say oh, i think i'll set up a jewelry business that'll be unbelievably <laughs> successful yeah um no i didn't set it up before she was born that five years was and it was just like this right like it was roller coaster up down up down up down it was not steady mm. that's all i was looking for was consistency and i never had consistency i was either happy or mm. i was like terribly shitty 
in the dumps. Like I've been knocking on death's door a few times and suicide, I've considered suicide and it was, it's not, I mean, that's not a fun place to be. Mm -hmm. So I still go to those places, but it's just, I'm looking basically just for that, that, you know, even keel for most of the time. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. The balance. Um, Yes. The balance. Exactly. I set farm lifestyle up in, it would have been when my youngest daughter was three. So my oldest daughter was five. So it was, she was, they were three years old, three and five years old. And what my oldest. So in the middle of that time period, you set it up. So that Mm -hmm. was, I I think that that was also you trying to figure out what was going on for you. Sure. Through using that creative process to find an escape route, you know, to, to a better, better way of living for yourself. Yeah, totally. It's just, it, it was, it was a a need because at that time, um, we had just decided that it was not feasible for me to keep working because childcare was $1,900 a month. Whoa. So for, for two kids to put in childcare. So after we figured out what I was making, I worked municipal government and after we figured out what I was making and the cost of childcare, (laughs) I was pretty much working for free, which was really really hard mentally because I had a really I had a pretty stressful job too with the government so um I stopped working and I came home and I started blogging and that really helped my mental health journey yeah and then after that it was like I just wanted to try and figure out a way that I could help with um our household you know so I was like maybe I'll just start this business and I'll see where this business goes yeah and then it just grew from there. Yeah, it just it kept on going, and um, I, I really love rose gold. Like I think you guys call it red gold in okay. Europe, but I love rose gold. And and my kids, I had some nice necklaces and stuff, and they would pull on them and pull them off my neck, and I just they never stayed put, and they would you know wreck them, and I didn't want that happening to my really nice diamond jewelry. So yeah. I was like, let's see if I can come up with something that is more affordable. And if I wear it and they pull it off, then, uh, you know, I won't be that sad if it gets wrecked. And it, you know, it turns out a lot of other people were looking for that too. And then my pieces ended up in the Grammy and the Oscar gift bags. And yeah. What do you mean? Well, the, the, there's gift bags that they hand out at the Grammys and the Oscars. So, so like I found yeah, I found the company that put them together and I just emailed them and I was like, hey, would you guys be interested in putting my stuff in here? And I didn't even actually think they'd reply back. And then they did and they loved them. And that's how my stuff ended up there. That is amazing. So you were, yeah. you just emailed them, not expecting a response. And then oh. your jewelry was in the Grammys and the Oscar gift bags. Yep. How did you have yeah. the balls to do that? How did you think, uh, like, what was your mental process around engaging? If I don't, if I don't ask, how am I ever going to know? Like, what's the worst they're going to say? Is they're going to say no, right? That's the worst that can happen. But they loved it. Yeah, but they really did. They liked it. So because they liked it so much, then it was like, all right, this is, this is pretty awesome. Okay. So yeah, then my stuff ended up there and I got a lot of really good publicity from it. Like I actually was on the BBC Ireland. I did a radio interview with the BBC Ireland, the BBC UK. Amazing. And yeah, in this, I had, um, like lots of local television interviews and (laughs) I had a lot of publicity. And so with all the, and then I made a lot of sales after that. Right. So with all the sales that I made, um, 
because I got so busy in my business, I wasn't able to continue doing everything I was doing plus farm plus, you know, be a wife and a mother and all that. Even you, even you have your limits, pal. I had my limits. It was, that was, and I knew what my limit was, but I now have a factory in China. They do all my production for me. So I still design everything. All my pieces are exclusive to my line, but the factory in China designs them or I design them and they do production for me. So, so I had to take all that money and kind of sink it into inventory. So, well, listen, I'm no jewelry expert, but I, I, <laughs> I, I, I do, I follow your pages and Facebook and, and, you know, Instagram and I see all the pieces and I think they're beautiful, but none of them will go with my chest hair. <laughs> no, I don't have any guy stuff right now, which is, but I mean, I don't know it's kind of like a, a touch and go market and stuff, yeah. right? So, I, don't, I don't think there's a market unless you're going to focus on British gangsters in London <laughs> for like necklaces, you know, or for like big thick to, rose gold. I'd have to take a, I'd have to take a trip there and do some market research. Yeah, with the local gangsters. <laughs> local gangsters. So what? you gotta you you really put yourself out there took a chance and it that is an example of someone taking action and it pay literally paying off but more so if somebody is out there starting a small business and you know the fear has a firm grip on their mind and their their creativity is being stumped by their fear what advice would you give to somebody in that situation god i don't know just believe in yourself like if you don't believe in what you do how can you sell it to somebody else yeah. You know, like I just, I feel like if you're a door to door vacuum salesman and you're knocking on people's doors selling vacuums, but you think the vacuum's a piece of shit, how many are you going to sell? Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you really got to believe in what you're, you got to believe in what you're doing. And if you don't believe in what you're doing, then it's kind of, uh, there is definitely fear all around it. There's, there's fear all around it for me too. And like, I heard a really great quote the other day from, um, Serena, you know, who Serena Williams is a yes. tennis player. Yes incredible, incredible tennis player, her and her sister. Um, the quote that, that I heard from her was without fear, without doubt, without, um, discomfort, what is there to overcome? Oh yeah. That's and good. it's kind of like, that's good. It's, that, that to me was like, holy. Cause I mean, yeah, if I yeah. think about it, if I didn't have my business and I didn't have all of these small little hurdles to, to kind of get over yeah what would I be doing with my time what yeah. would I be doing but you know besides being a mom and and a wife and stuff like that but there's going to be I even have but this that, is your I thing even, this is your thing for yourself this right? is my thing for myself and that's that's really important too self-care is really important as well and the, but this is something that is for me it's for me yeah so and I'm yeah I uh, it, it is definitely important, but I mean, without, without all of those things, if there's nothing to overcome, what would I be doing anyway? Yeah, exactly. And I, I, you're reminding me of something that you said earlier on in the podcast and that was around, you know, I was asking you about how do you fit everything in? And you said something like it's everything that I do is important to me. So there has to be an importance attached to the activities that we choose to do on a day-to-day in our lives. Absolutely. You have to have a value. There has to be value attached to it too, right? And all the things that you, all the things that you do have to be important to you. If they're not important to you, why are you doing them? Well, I've gone through loads of uh, periods of time where I've realized post or after that period of time and I've sat down and gone, why the fuck am I feeling so shit? And it's Mm -hmm. because I'm not taking action 
in the areas of my life that are important to me i'm not filling my time with you know things that are i really need to be thinking about that are important in relation to my values in relation to what i want to achieve in life and i'm literally doing nothing yeah. i'm watching telly or i'm playing computer games or i yeah. am surfing facebook or instagram yeah. or something just making yourself feel like crap because you're comparing yourself to everything that's on there yeah, well, yeah we're, you have we're to back be... to the comparison then again. yeah it's just you you really have to make sure that you're prioritizing your time you only have so much time and time is i mean you're what's that saying that's like energy flows where thoughts go energy flows where attention goes where attention goes yeah. if you're giving your attention and your thoughts to the wrong place that's where your energy is going to end up. Yeah. I mean, I've got some crazy examples of of just thinking something in my mind and then having it actually come to fruition within six months or something like that. And it's like, wow, okay, I'll just keep. If you keep thinking positive, positively, positive examples. Yeah, it's yeah. more it's more fun to think positively and be a positive person than it is to think negatively and have a shit attitude. Well, I think that the the same dynamic happens both ways. <laughs> You know, yeah. if if I know from personal experience, if my head is in the gutter and if I'm not thinking right, I invite all sorts of bullshit into my life. However, mm -hmm. if I'm thinking the way you've just described and I'm, you know, the way I am right now, sitting up talking to you from Ireland to Canada and, you know, <laughs> um, my energy is good, then I'm inviting good, really fruitful experiences into my life and people into my life and I'm connecting with other people. And it does start with how you set out your mindset, how you decide where your energy goes. Yeah. That's where, sorry, where, where, the where your attention goes, my apologies, because that's where yeah. the energy flows. That's where the energy flows. Hmm. Yeah, so for sure. I just want to talk a little bit more about Blake um, Lotz and We All Believe in You in relation to the partnership that Farm Wife Style did with we all believe in you like did people reach out to you was that a popular piece that sold and people did people reach out to you with their own stories yeah. or how, how was that yeah i mean i heard from a lot of people i heard on i've heard on um instagram i get direct messages on instagram from if i share the necklace or if i share my because i <clears throat> blake took all photos of me like and then my story was attached to it it ended up on a board and then that's what was in the alberta art gallery so when stuff oh. like that got shared and people were reading my story. I, I did. I got lots of direct messages um, from Instagram. Just, you know, like I'm in the same space. Um, your story inspired me. Yeah. Um, or not inspired me, but even your, I related to your story and yeah. thank you for sharing it. I'm, yeah. I, I feel like I don't have anyone in my life that I can talk to. Mm. And I was just like, you know, if I, I'm happy that you reached out to me. I don't, we don't necessarily need to know each other, but if you have some kind of a connection like that, like feel free to message me whenever you need, if there's something that you are feeling down about, or, mm. you know, there is always somebody in the world that you are important to always, there's always someone in the world that you are important to, and yeah. nobody should ever feel like they aren't important to someone. Yeah. Even if it's just yourself, like you are so important to just yourself yeah. and you're not giving yourself the credit for it. You really need to. Yeah, and again, that's another action that we need to decide to take. Mm -hmm. um, I want you to tell me a little bit more, because you said there that people reach out to you and it may be, they may be the first person that they've reached out to in quite a while. What is your support network like where you are? My support network is incredible. I'm, like, I am so blessed and fortunate and grateful 
Um, my parents live two miles west of us. My in-laws live two miles north of us. Um, my sister is is an incredible person as well. She's a she's a, just man. She is a force in her career. She's in sport marketing, so I go to her a lot when I need information for my business about you know what do I do in this situation? How do I how do I promote my brand and and she helps me with so many things like that. Um, she's a great aunt. My my brothers in law and my sister my sisters in law they. Uh, live close to one of them has kids one of them doesn't the ones that have kids like so those are my kids cousins they hang out with their cousins all the time if we're farming in the tractor we drop them off there and they play for the day and um, they're able to have fun they don't have to get drug along with us all over the place although they do like coming sometimes but it's not fun all the time and like my like I said my parents and my in-laws so their grandparents are so close to us that's something that's so important to me because I was kind of I kind of grew up not knowing my grandparents they passed away when I was really little two of them did and then the other two passed away later in life but they lived kind of far away from us so growing up it was just my sister and I and my parents um for the most part same here yeah yeah and we I mean I do I do have cousins but we'd see them you know on the we'd see them on holidays you know like Christmas Easter Thanksgiving that kind of stuff but my friends I've got a couple of you know, I'd rather have like four close friends than forty meh friends. Yeah, yeah well, you know, so, you, you know that joke, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. biggest lie, the, the biggest lie in the Bible was that Jesus was in his thirties and he had uh, twelve close friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> yeah, that is ridiculous because you don't have. I think I've got. I think I've got maybe like three or four that yeah. are really, really. You know, and then uh, I've—I mean, I'm at that point in my life too, though, where I get to choose. Like, if I come across someone and they're like, "Oh, hey, you know, let's hang out or let's do this," and I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> no, thanks." And it's, it's, I don't—I don't need that. It sounds like you and your um, husband have got a good uh, way of working together with all that responsibility that you've got. Yeah, he, um, you know, he. I, I didn't, it's not like I was born, I mean, I was raised in the country, so I was born on an acreage, we had horses and stuff growing up, but I was not a farmer, and yeah. uh, anybody that knows me from high school would be like, what, that chick's a farmer? <laughs> so he has pushed me, which is something that I appreciate, because that is something that I need in my life, you know, you have to have somebody that is, both of both him and I are very competitive, with yeah. each other, like in sports and kind of it, like we'll both dive down into a pool and start swimming to see who can hold their breath the longest. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, for the record, I won. So oh, yeah, absolutely. He, <laughs> he'll argue that too, for sure. Um, but he, he has pushed me and I appreciate that. And that is something in my life that has that's the reason that I am where I am today is because I have him here by my side that is always he is always like you know it's not and he's not a very vocal person either it's it's sort of more in mannerisms but it's like five or six years ago I wouldn't have known how to you know cut hay (laughs) drive a massive tractor yeah load grain you know fertilizer it's amazing you just that you don't know who you're gonna meet at any stage in your life and that's gonna bring your life in a completely different direction it's a beautiful thing it is it's really it's really really incredible so 
Um, the people around me are so important. That's why the people around me are so important. You really have to surround yourself with good people. If you're not surrounded by good people, how do you think you're going to be in a good place? If you're surrounded by people that are bringing you down all the time, you got to get them out of there. Like beat it. I don't need you here telling me that I'm doing a shit job. I tell myself enough that I'm doing a shit job. I don't need you to tell me too. Yeah. You got to choose those who you surround yourself with as much as you can. Mm-hmm. For sure. There's you, some that you can't. You, you will either be sustained or drained. <laughs> that's right. That is, oh, that's so true. That's a good one. You'll be sustained or drained. Mm. Yeah, we're we're lucky. My husband has a big family. My family's really kind of small, but my husband has a very big family, and I, I love all of his aunts and uncles, and um, we're close with all of them. And that's, that is really important to me too. And for my kids to be able to grow up around all of these people and have all these people in their lives, like they're so rich and I am just like, I'm just grateful. I have a similar experience in my life and I blog about it a lot is the support network that is very similar to actually the one that you've just described, except I don't have a husband, um, <laughs> Yes, which I'm okay with actually. Yes. Um, but I think that the reframing of fear and this and what what we're talking about here are skills that like you you kept referencing in this conversation you think that it might just be your personality but i want people out there to know that these are skills that you can develop mm -hmm. some people obviously find it easier than others like for example you would find that easier than i would mm -hmm. because you feel like it's a natural thing that you do normally okay and something that you have built. But I think for people who are saying, oh, I could never view fear in that way, or I could never reach out to the people closest to me because I don't want them to feel burdened by me. Those are skills that can be developed. Would you agree with that? I do agree that those are skills that can be developed. It just depends how badly you'd like to develop them, I think. Because there's some people that are like, I don't need help from anybody else. I don't want to reach out to anyone ever. And they're okay with it. And fine. If you're okay with that, then fine. Oh, absolutely. You know? But if you do want to reach out to someone, it's like, for the most part, everybody around you, if they love you, they just want to help you, right? Yeah. So if they want to help you, they reach out to them. They're not going to be upset or, or think that you're a burden on them. Well, I can tell you from personal experience and my, my journey with depression and all of that is that that's how you feel. And that's yeah. uh, that's me coming from a place where I have been inundated with support my whole life. So I can't imagine what it's like for those people who don't have the mom, the dad, the sister, yeah. the brother-in-law, my my wonderful, beautiful friends, um, my ex-partners, even <laughs> you know, yeah. people who are still a, a big part of my life now, and who who I've been lucky to be surrounded by. And I've had all of that, and I've still felt like a burden. So mm -hmm. the thing about fear. The thing about you being a burden when you do suffer from depression or are down, it's a fucking lie. You are not a burden. No. And if you are not feeling well, if you are not feeling that you can reach out to your people in your life, you can reach out to me. It's Project at gmail.com. Send me a message yep. on Instagram or Facebook, Project, And listen. Let's just have a chat. If Absolutely. I, I, I may not be able, and I won't. <laughs> I, w I know this for a fact. I won't be able to solve all your problems, but you will feel better from reaching out. You, 
I, I totally agree with you. I've had people reach out to me like through my business because obviously I, I've posted about mental health and about the like that's just one of the pieces of jewelry that I have and it supports Blake's project. But I have yeah. had direct messages come in to me from Instagram from people that I have never met before just saying like I'm going I'm going through this and reading your story helped me and thank you for sharing and like I and I always say back to them too I'm I'm an ear if you would like me to listen like feel free just bounce it back and that's so nice I, I don't know what I like it's like you said too is that I have both my parents and both my in-laws, like I have an amazing family. My in-laws, we have a, an amazing relationship. I love them. I love my parents. Yeah. My husband loves my parents. I I don't know how people make it through life fighting with their parents, you know, like to be adult children and run across someone that says, I haven't talked to my dad in five years. It just crushes me, but breaks my heart. Like I, I don't know how they do it. Well, they do it because they have resilience in spades. Yep. <laughs> and for one, them. And I have worked in Ireland in the in the um, charity sector now for 10 years i'm currently yeah. working with young people who have just who are transitioning out of the care system so foster care or okay. you know um state care residential care and the previous seven years i worked with families who are homeless so yeah. what you were describing there is the resilience of what people that i have seen have come through blows my mind every single day and it also makes me so grateful to be sitting here talking to your beautiful self <laughs> about your wellness journey and all of the amazing things that you've done and how kind you are to others i mean it's the world's a better place that you're in it dan like all of that you can just take right back onto yourself too because for for the same i as you're telling me that i'm thinking to myself i don't know how this is why I'm a farmer. I shouldn't, I guess, say it like that. But um, I don't. I, I couldn't deal with. Um, yeah. I couldn't deal with. Uh, you know, your in the social area of of human work, like social yeah. services. I can't do that. I'm not that person. I can't work in healthcare. Both yeah. my sisters in law work in healthcare. I can't work in healthcare. I can't do it. I would rather drive equipment around all day. Yeah. You know, like I. I. That's what I do. I drive equipment and. You know, I, I never used to know how to do that, but it was, I needed to learn. And so I learned it and now I do it. That's the kind of job I do. Your job that you do is so important to all those people, to all those families, to everybody that you have made a difference to in your life that you've come across. They weren't necessarily part of your life, but they came through it at some point. You probably have no idea the difference that you've made in a lot of those people's lives, and I applaud you for that. Because... Well, thank you, thank you, and it's 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 something I'm very passionate about, right? I'm well trained in it, and I've got a lot of experience, and it's something that I still get up every day, go in, and give my all to because you can, and I do know the difference that I have made, and my wonderful colleagues in Focus Ireland, I could not be in a more amazing organization that That's gives great. so much, that trains their staff and treats their staff so well. Um, and it's a it's a real privilege it's a real privilege my biggest task personally is not being burnt out by the work of course because yes. analysis paralysis that I keep well you have to bring some of that work. home too though right like some of that has to come home with you do you think about that after you leave I've you become, know like, like a, no I've become very good at not doing that 
That's good. But you learn that through experience and through the wonderful supervision that we get in work. It's not something that you're just told to go away and deal with. We have mm-hmm. a huge support network within the organization that enables us to stay balanced, which enables yeah. us to give a good service to those people who we work Need with. It. But the biggest point I want to say about all of that, and I didn't actually intend to talk about my job there, was what I have witnessed is the resilience of people. It's it, it blows my mind and it gives me hope and it gives me happiness and it it makes me think that it just makes me think about how grateful I am I just was going to say that too to bring that back to gratitude because that's something every single day that I say a prayer for is how grateful I am to take um even if it's 10 seconds 15 seconds or if I have some time where I can sit and meditate for a little bit I do like to meditate. It's just so calming. And I I have a friend who is amazing at that too. She's a shaman healer. So she helps me with that. But just oh, yeah. being grateful for every single thing that I have, you know, the, the roof over our heads that we've worked for, the family that I, that I have that yeah. we have worked so hard to build, yeah. our farm, the animals, you know, the friends, just all the love that is yeah. all over and and yeah. you can feel that you know like i i feel that well, and i'm l- just l- so grateful for it listen you can you can nearly hear our gratitude i can feel mm-hmm. it like our connection that me and you have looking at each other right now you know when we're talking about how grateful we are there is nothing like a true feeling of gratitude and you know no, gratitude is a very so over, right. is an overused word but i believe that when you can get into that mode and I have, I do daily meditation as well. And it's all around gratitude. It's all around, you know, putting gratitude onto others for what they've brought to my life and putting now what I'm currently developing is self gratitude. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to set up the self gratitude Institute. The first of its kind. Well, but that's, it's funny, you know, it's funny that we can poke fun at that, but it's something that people don't, do a whole lot of like no, it's of course not it's especially you know and i have to sometimes stop and think too you know when you asked me in the beginning of the podcast how do i do this um i really should take more time for myself because if i'm unhappy i can see it in my kids if i'm unhappy they are instantly unhappy their mood changes mm. same as my husband if i'm unhappy his mood changes too yeah. and and vice versa so if i am happy and i'm grateful Everything around us is yeah, is so, a lot more. So you were taking, you were taking it starts that responsibility. Here with me. Yeah, absolutely. Were, yeah. I take responsibility for that. If my kids are in a grumpy mood, I have to stop and look at myself first, <laughs> and see if maybe it's starting with me. Yeah. And if it does start with me, then I have to, you know, check myself. Take five minutes or whatever. But self care is so important for that kind of stuff. And it can just be ten minutes. Like when someone's as busy as you are as the listeners will know from listening to what you you have to um, achieve on a daily basis, it can be as simple as 10 minutes gratitude, loving kindness gratitude. There's about a million videos, guided meditations on YouTube that you guys can Mm -hmm. use. What I found, what I found that's really impacting me positively lately as well is journaling every single morning. I'm journaling every morning. That's good. Good for you. And I don't know. I think it's a whole package. So you have the medic, Med, I was going to say medication, but I'm medication. off. I'm off. I'm off, that I'm off yeah, it, it, it worked for me for a while, but I'm off them now. But it, journaling, meditation, gratitude, yeah. Yeah. lifting heavy shit. 
Yeah, lifting heavy shit is good too. I like doing that sometimes. It and it's it, like it's proven. Any kind of exercise. I love going for bike rides too. Yeah. I like doing bike rides, like and especially when the weather's nice. Like I don't I'm not one of those people where it's snowing in Canada and you'll see me out riding my bike. Like that's crazy. I laugh at those people when I drive by. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? That's why we got cars in this place. But we <laughs> When it's warm outside, I will do, there's like a certain route that I'll do and it'll either be a 10K, a 20K or a 30K on yeah. my bike. And so it'll take me half hour, an hour or an yeah. hour and a half. And yeah. if I have the time to do that, I'm like, I need to make the time to do it. But when yeah. I have the time to do it, every single time I get off that bike, I feel 15 times better than oh. I did before I got on it. Mm. Just being outside in nature, that's another thing about farming that's incredible too, is I just get to be outside all the time. I'm surrounded by um, like just the beauty of life. We had to, we watched we watched a sheep last night. She had twins. We my my daughters, my husband and I, all of us, we watched her. She spit one out, got up, <laughs> you know, cleaned it off, laid back down, had a second one. Whoa. And stuff like that is just yeah. You don't get, I, I try not to take that for granted because there's lots of people that don't get to experience that kind of stuff mm. and being around it, you know, on the flip side, there is, there is death in farming too, which is really sad. We had some, we had two really hard days this week, just, um, some calves died and one of our cows died. And so okay. that's really, really, really hard to deal with too. Sure. But, um, just kind of trying to, to stop and see the beauty and what's around me is important also. Well, I think you're brilliant at it. And I think that, you know, your attitude and your approach to life and such a busy one that you lead has shone through in this interview. And I thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Kim. Thank you so much, so much for having me, Dan. I really, really, really appreciate we, we it. Got, we got Loved there it. in the end, didn't we? Yeah, we did like a year later, but whatever. Listen, we did it. We, we can do it as many times as you want. I know my listeners are going to be feeding back about this podcast for weeks and weeks <laughs> and weeks. I've been so blessed lately to have a lot of feedback from recent episodes. Um, that's another thing. That was the fifth part of my five things. There was the gratitude, the movement, you know, the meditation, the journaling. And the fifth part was the connection that you yeah. can create. Yeah. With others Even this far away, world. like we're across the world from yeah. each other. And this is so great. This is so cool. And the idea, you know, the butterfly effect, the idea that you can do something as simple as have an hour conversation with somebody about gratitude, resilience and the beauty of nature. And then somebody mm -hmm. from South Africa or somebody from, you know, Meath in Ireland or Cork <laughs> will send you a message and say, that had a positive impact on my day. Now that is beautiful, right? That's awesome. I love that kind of stuff too. And hearing about it is the best. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like, uh, I mean, on my Instagram, I'll have, I've got it full of, you know, inspirational quotes and mm. pretty pictures of jewelry pretty much. Mm. But just even reading like the one, two quotes or the messages, some people send me direct messages. It's like, I love this piece. I love that the piece, all my pieces are named after my, my grandmothers, my mom, my great aunt, my kids, mm. um, me, Blake, she has her piece. I'll get messages from people saying, I want to order this one because this is my yeah. grandma's name too. Mm. And I'm giving it to her for a wedding. Yeah. Hearing stuff like that, just, you know, like it just makes your heart swell and you're like, Oh man, like I'm yeah. just, I'm doing something to make someone else's life happy. That is my repayment. That's my payback. With something, That's what makes with me something not want to quit. Yeah, exactly. With something that you're so passionate about. Yeah. It's like a, it's a full, it's come full circle. 
Yeah. And it, that's the kind of stuff that makes me not want to quit either. You know, like mm. I've put my heart and soul into my business. I, we, our heart and soul is here on our farm in my family. Yeah. In all our friends, all our relationships, our kids, you don't want to walk away from that stuff. I wouldn't walk away from a business. It's kind of like a third child. Yeah. It's, and it's based on me, you know, like it's, I'm the one that's behind it. So, yeah. Well, listen, my mom, my mom and my sister both listen to the Dankyo Wellness Project podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Um, <laughs> you have to act surprised this Christmas when you receive a farm wife style pendant. Is that what you called it? <laughs> necklace. Yeah. From your, from your son and your brother. So you have to act surprised guys. <laughs> Don't let me down. If anybody no. who is listening does want to get a beautiful piece of jewelry from you, it's farmwifestyle.ca. Dot com. Farmwifestyle.com. You can access com. Kim's information yeah. on Facebook and Instagram, Instagram too. Farm Instagram. it's just farm lifestyle on Instagram. Same with Facebook. And go pick yourself up something or, or get your hairy boyfriend dependent. <laughs> you know what? On my on my uh There's website... a gap in the market, Kimmy. There's a gap in the market. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'll get some I'll get some guy stuff up. It's on my to-do list. On my website, there's a blog too. Like I have a blog on my website that I, I share recipes. So some of the recipes are from my, my grandmothers, my mom, and those are, you know, all the pieces are named after them too. But I also have something on my blog called farming 101. Okay. So there's people that want to know about farming. Like there's a whole bunch of different installments. So I've got feed is already up there. So that talks about the types of feed that we use (laughs) and calving was the last one. So there's we got a couple sets of twin calves out here. Yeah. Um, Derek and Eric is one of them, and Miles <laughs> and Maisie, that's another set. So the blog post about calving is all about Derek and Eric. So if you're, like, if you're interested in farming or anything to do with this kind of life that I lead, just check my website out and get some information. Mental health, go to Dan's website. <laughs> Dan Keo Wellness. Was it Dan Keo Wellness Project at gmail.com? That's my email address. I have. I'm still in yep. the process of building the website at the moment, which would be dankeowellnessproject.com. That's coming oh. soon, um, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it too. Dude, I'm really excited. Thank to you check it so out. much. You're welcome for coming on thank to the Dan Keo Wellness Project podcast. The world is a better place me. for you. The world's it. a better place for you okay. because you're in it too, Dan. Don't sell yourself short. I won't. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Bye. Bye.